Welcome to Fisher Link presented by Fisher Inc., a new podcast for the Fisher College of Business to highlight stories in and around Ohio State that you may not have heard about. My name is Paige Palmer, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm joined by Brent Koffenbarger. Hey, everybody. My name is Brent Koffenbarger, and I'm a third-year Fisher College of Business student from Dublin, Ohio. With us now is Anil Makija, Dean of the Fisher College of Business. Dean Makija has served on the faculty of the Business College since 1998 and has been highly awarded throughout his career. Dean Makija, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us, tell us a little about your personal and professional background? We're happy to be with you and uh, happy to share a bit about myself. Uh, uh, I have been on the faculty here before becoming Dean and I've been Dean roughly three years. So it's my great pleasure uh, and privilege to serve as Dean of this great college. So throughout your career, you have both studied and worked not only across the United States, but all over the world. There's a multitude of ways for students at Ohio State to travel for education, service, or work. So what do you think the benefit of travel is for current students? Uh, I'm a believer uh, in uh, great benefits that come from uh, international uh, education, uh, internships, experiences. And the reason for that is that when you travel abroad, uh, inevitably you discover that different economic systems, uh, different cultural assumptions, uh, different ways of business prevail across the world. And therefore, uh, though we give thorough education here, uh, that education is only uh, complemented, expanded when you go to these other locations. Uh, so I'm a great believer in international education and something that we have pursued at the Fisher College of Business very purposefully. Is there anything you think that Ohio State could do better in those abroad programs? Uh, yes. Uh, to begin with, uh, we need to do better literally in the scale of it. Uh, how so? Well, last year, for example, not counting exchange students, etc., cetera, uh, there were some 750 students that went on some kind of an internship abroad. Now, that sounds like a large number, uh, but when you think about uh, just our undergraduate program with about 7,400 students, uh, you, you begin to realize that we need to scale up even more. But it's not only the scaling. Uh, I think we can do better also in terms of the quality of those experiences. Uh, we are working with wonderful firms on these internships. Uh, students are telling me that they are having great experiences. Um, and uh, But I believe it could be better, for example, if we engaged our alumni more, uh, many of them in these international locations to begin with. Um, that uh, we could also do better exchange of information with the international student and faculty that we already have on our campus here. So there are you know, lots of opportunities to do better. So based on your own travels, are there any countries or regions you think students should be paying special attention to? Well, as I think about how to prepare our students for tomorrow, uh, we certainly want to engage them with, I would say, the wide swath of uh, uh, worldwide GDP. So in that respect, it turns out that Ohio State already has gateways in three locations. Uh, Shanghai in China, uh, Sao Paulo in Brazil, and Mumbai in India. 
Uh, and uh, the, just these countries would explain a particularly large percentage of world GDP besides, of course, the U.S., which is number one. Uh, but uh, exposing our students to that prepares them uh, for the world of tomorrow. Uh, but I don't think that we should stop at those three countries. Uh, for example, very recently, uh, we are you know, doing more in Japan, another uh, source of great GDP. Uh, and then there are many other countries as well. But I might add that we also not only want to cover more of the world GDP, we also want to make sure that these experiences are different from what we are typically providing here already. Uh, so uh, looking to the neighbor to our north, uh, Canada, uh, Canada is a great country uh, with a somewhat different uh, educational and uh, political and economic system. But I'm afraid it's not as different as perhaps China might be or Japan might be. And so I always encourage students uh, to go to these other locations where their assumptions, uh, their economic models, uh, where their cultural norms are all challenged. And uh, you know, in that respect, there are many countries in the world. Uh, and uh, so when I think of business education, I think of not only growing what we do, but also uh, expanding uh, uh, the types of interactions we provide. Okay, so kind of on the same idea of Fisher improving itself uh, in different ways, throughout my time at Fisher, I've seen and heard on many occasions that Fisher is making an effort to move up rankings within the business schools. What are some actions Fisher Fisher plans to take or has taken in order to boost its resume, per se? Yeah. Uh, ranking is, of course, just a measure out there. Sure. Uh, and as you know, um, the, the primary belief is that if we do the right things, uh, so to speak, rankings will take care of themselves. Uh, but nevertheless, it's an important measure in the sense that lots of people look at it. It affects who applies. Uh, and uh, uh, worldwide, uh, these rankings become kind of a convenient measure. That said, how do we improve ourselves? So we have a strategic plan. And uh, the strategic plan has uh, identified uh, uh, what I would call four strategic priorities. And so why don't I share with you what those basic priorities are and then maybe give you an example in each so you can get a sense of how we are trying to move up. up. Uh, the first of these strategic priorities is uh, relevant impact. Now this is a college that I'm very proud to say was always doing very well on productivity. Meaning, as an example, uh, faculty were producing lots of top tier research. But we are now also emphasizing, more so than we did before, that this research should have impact as well. Change what is taught in the classroom, change what business practices, change uh, what, uh, you know, we a role we play as thought leaders in the academic community as well. So that's an example of uh, uh, where it's not enough to publish, but to also see that is it moving the needle. Uh, the second strategic priority is uh, continuous innovation. 
And uh, I think you have seen that in uh, some of the programs that are uh, you know, being offered to students. Uh, for example, recently we have joined uh, the university effort about business analytics, and which is now available as a specialization. Uh, by the way, at the graduate level, we are in the process of uh, starting as early as this fall um, a master's, specialized master's in business analytics. So here's another example of continuous innovation. And uh, I'm sure that I could give you more examples of that. Um, third, as a strategic uh, initiative, as a priority, uh, we are also strengthening the educational experience. And in fact, this whole conversation that we had uh, moments ago about uh, international is about that. It's about developing global competence. Uh, so this is uh, strengthening the educational experience. And by the way, you may have also noticed that we are doing a lot more in developing the interpersonal skills because to succeed, you need functional knowledge, you need uh, uh, experiential, you know, projects, uh, uh, you know, internships, etc. But you also need interpersonal skills to succeed. And you might have noticed that we are doing a lot more in that direction. Uh, for example, in uh, what we are doing on leadership, where you know more programming is available, and uh, and finally, uh, all of this has to be in an environment where uh, people flourish, and uh, therefore we are talking. We are stressing the importance of uh, you know a culture of dignity of diversity and how these are supported, whether it is first-gen students, whether it is people of color, whether it is people with their different economic classes, uh, that we must find ways to you know, welcome them and be inclusive, not merely of bringing them in. Perfect. That's a really great explanation. Um, so changing pace a little bit, on our first podcast, we talked to another faculty member who's kind of shaking things up. Uh, we talked to Tyler Shepfer, whose leadership of the cohort program has been, I think, really influential and really great for students, and um, also whose effort in keeping textbook prices low has definitely not gone unnoticed by students. So as somebody kind of at an administrator level, uh, do you consider this to be a problem, the price of textbooks for students? Yes, um, we are, uh, you know, constantly looking uh, to make education more affordable. Uh, and uh, uh, though I did not talk about it specifically as a part of Ohio State, uh, if you look at uh, Time and Change, which is uh, the university's uh, strategic plan, and by the way, uh, one on which we as a college uh, you know, uh, consider as the umbrella under which we operate and to which uh, uh, we try to contribute. Um, I think we very much recognize the importance of affordability. Access, affordability, and excellence are components of uh, how to you know, reach out to more students, etc. So yes, uh, we care about that. And in some ways, if you think about our scholarship programs, uh, we are looking uh, to you know, uh, provide scholarship not merely to people that excel and therefore earn scholarship in that fashion, 
but particularly to people that are economically challenged. And so that's the kind of a way we approach uh, this kind of issue. Is there conversations between administrators and professors regarding the cost of materials for a course, or is that more up to the professor in their own right? Uh, to be very candid, we need to do more about this. Um, this is an issue that is uh, largely left to the professor, and uh, it is largely left to the professor uh, primarily because uh, you know we believe in the academic uh, rights of the professor, uh, but uh, making them more aware so that they make these choices that are more affordable to the students is part of our responsibility. Uh, and we need to do more about that. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that the conversation on this topic uh, hasn't gone far enough. Uh, I can certainly tell you of uh, multiple faculty that I'm very proud to say uh, independently have cared about this. And so it's not an issue that has uh, not surfaced amongst many, but institutionally we have not done enough. So kind of going along with that, um, with your passion for promoting students and academics, you have been making efforts to bring about a positive impact on the community as well. So for Fisher Impact, Fisher impact Day, excuse me, um, first could you just give us a little overview of what that is and then how you've seen its growth over the past few years and uh, how has that affected those around Central Ohio? Happy to talk about uh, Fisher Impact Day, but uh, let me begin by uh, putting it in the wider context in which the college operates. Uh, we are very proudly a land-grant institution, uh, which means that what happens in the classroom is not merely to transmit a lesson. Uh, it is not merely uh, to create, uh, you know, great careers, though those are very important uh, goals, but they go beyond that. And in that sense, might I offer that we are empowered more than the Stanfords of the world, because what we do in the classroom is uh, meant to uh, you know, help our community uh, to take the benefits of this to help the world and uh, to go beyond, shall I say, our own individual uh, you know, benefits. And uh, in that sense, uh, there are multiple things that the college does to support its mission as a land-grant public institution. Uh, and you've raised a good example of that, which is uh, the Fisher Impact Day. Uh, this is something that we started uh, three years ago, uh, one of the first things in this direction that I did as a dean, that I started this Fisher Impact Day. And what we do on this day is uh, we open it up to students, to staff, to faculty, and we all gather here on campus to do uh, something very basic, and that is to do labor for nonprofits across the city. And uh, we start when I when we started this three years ago, and we by the way like to do it on uh, uh, Veterans Day which is a great example of people that sacrifice themselves. Uh, and uh, sometimes it's a day before or after, depending on you know, what the scheduling is, but that's our intent. 
I think for the first time we did it, we were uh, immediately overwhelmed by the interest and support because I think something like 500 people showed up. Last time we did it, uh, I think it had grown to uh, over 800. Uh, the registration may well have been 1,000. And uh, uh, what we did is uh, we packed meals for kids, something like uh, uh, thousands of, uh, tens of thousands of meals for Ohio kids. We made uh, blankets uh, for hundreds of blankets for foster kids. We went and cleaned up part of the zoo. Uh, we made care packages for service men and women. You know, so these are the kinds of examples, and we spread out across the city to go and do nonprofit work. Uh, if this is an opportunity to reach people, I encourage everyone uh, to take some time uh, because this is not something you will do uh, because it's going to get you a better job or because it's going to be a blip up in your career or because you know you're going to get some uh, individual personal benefit but because it will be an assertion of who you are uh, and your role in your community uh, and your sense of caring uh, and your belonging to an institution that, be that believes uh, in the land-grant mission. So I encourage you to participate uh, already to a large, growing, uh, you know, uh, eventful program. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us and your constant support of Fisher students. Thank you for this Thanks. opportunity. And that's it for this week's episode of Fisher Link. Fisher Link is presented by Fisher Inc., the student-run magazine for the Fisher College of Business. Our next issue releases February 14th and 15th. I'm Brent Koffenberger. And I'm Paige Palmer. This episode was edited by our sound designer, Connor Bueller. Our executive producer is Adam Lee, and the president of Fisher Inc. is Ethan Newberger. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find Fisher Link on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on FisherInc.com, where you can also stay up to date on Fisher Inc. news stories. Thanks to our guests, and we'll see you next time.